What's good, people? I hope you're having a fantastic day so far. Really appreciate you tuning in again to another episode of the Footballer's Journey podcast. Today we got episode 23 with a great guest, really a humble professional, a guy to really inspire to be. He was originally born in Buenos Aires, Argentina before moving to the U.S. with his parents to chase the American dream. He played four years of college soccer at Belmont University, small division one school in Tennessee. And he's always had the dream of playing professional footy. He got a couple opportunities with USL teams, one namely the Rochester Rhinos, which ended up not working out. So he ended up going to Israel on a connection with a family friend and he started in the third tier. He did real well in the third tier. After a half a season, he moved up to the second tier. And now after spending three years in Israel, he's been playing in the first tier with Maccabi Netanyahu. And he recently just reached a milestone of 100 games. He's worn the captain band. I think you really are going to enjoy this episode. Tons of golden nuggets. Tons of things to learn from. Enjoy. Yo. Hey, Nico. How you doing, man? Good, man. How are you? You can hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for coming on. I know you're a busy guy. Uh, I'm grateful to get you on the pod, man. Of course, man. It's good to be here. For sure, for sure. I mean, uh, I've done a a, a good amount of reading on your journey and uh, really looks inspiring. And uh, first of all, congrats on 100 appearances I saw for the club and then the, uh, the latest cup win. Thank you, man. Yeah, it's 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 been a long journey, but I'm happy where I am. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So if you can uh, just, you know, it's just a it's a chill podcast, basically just a quick conversation on uh, your journey. You know where you're originally from and how old you are. Uh, if you could just give a little bit of background on, um, you know, your journey to where um, to where you are right now and where you started, and uh, yeah, the stage is yours, man. Definitely. Yeah, I'm. 27 years old. Uh, I'm originally born and raised in Argentina in Buenos Aires. Um, So that's my first language. When I was 11 years old, I think it was 2003, my family and I decided to move to United States, you know, to chase the American dream. The situation in Argentina wasn't so good. You know, it was dangerous. Uh, It was an economic crisis. So we moved there. Um, to start a new life and yeah you know I played club soccer growing up pretty good uh team it was Schultz Academy I played with the the famous Josie out the door so that was a cool experience and then uh it was time you know to go to college so I went through the whole you know recruiting process uh my parents did not have much money so I was trying to get a full scholarship somewhere uh, and I was able to get a scholarship to go to a small Division One college in Nashville, Tennessee, a small school called Belmont University. Uh, not known much for soccer. Uh, there, it's actually a music school, but, you know, I, I had a good time. Uh, you know, I think college is more about the experience. I think the college system in terms of soccer is, let's just say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Not the best if if, yeah. you, if you have professional dreams, you know, it's, it's not the best. Uh, I don't regret it at all. You know, I, I made amazing friends that are still my friends today. Um, had a great time, you know, parting wise and, and all that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I had a great career. I do regret maybe I should have, you know, transferred to a better school that had that took soccer more seriously, but I didn't. Um so, yeah, I did three and a half years there because I graduated a little early. And, yeah, throughout college, I, I always had the dream of playing professional. Um, but, you know, I didn't have much help. My college coach didn't have contacts. Uh, I didn't have an agent. So I basically, you know, started reaching out um, just people that I knew, people, friends of friends, emailing every agent, every USL coach. Mm-hmm. I paid to go to those, you know, combines that are kind of BS. Uh, 
and I and I went to those combines. You know, there's 300 mm. kids. You just wear a number, and you just they tell you to go that out there and play, and it's just not the way it's supposed to be. Um, but I find I did really well at the Rochester Rhinos open tryout, and they invited me back to like preseason, uh, and I was there all preseason right after I graduated. And I thought, you know, I I was gonna make it because I did really well. And then on the last day, the coach just cut me and said, you know, you're a great player, but, you know, you're not for this team. Um, and after that, I was – I didn't know what to do, you know. I, You know, every USL team was kind of full. Um, I didn't have any other options, really, uh, until a friend of my dad's who's a coach in Israel or was at the – was, now was. Uh, he said, you know, you're Jewish. You know, you could come out here, you know, I could set you up with a couple of tryouts. And so I was like, okay, like, let, let's just do it. You know, I, so I packed my bags and I came to Israel and like he, the first two weeks he wasn't answering me back. So I was mm -hmm. freaking out. I was in Israel uh, staying with some friends that I knew of the family. There was actually a war at the time. Wow. So it was, it was it was crazy. Like you couldn't really go out in the streets because the sirens would go off, which means, you know, you kind of have to go hide inside. Um, and then the guy finally replied and he's like, Hey, there's this third league team that's having some tryouts. Um, you know, you, you can go there. So I was like, of course, <laughs> like anything is great. So yeah, I went and tried out for a few weeks, you know, uh, the level wasn't so good, but I was like, I, I just want to play professional, you know, that's mm -hmm. my dream. So they offered me a contract. It was not even enough to live. I think it was like $800 a month. Uh, and that's it. Like, mm -hmm. And they paid me in cash. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, but the good thing was at the same time, my best friend from United States, he also had the same dream, but basketball. So he came here and was also trying out for basketball. And he got a contract with the team. So we were both living together the first year just you know playing professional i mean barely making any money but so happy you know first professional first professional contract i didn't really care and how uh, old were you then i was 22 it was right at, after my senior year after i graduated okay. nice so in my whole mind was like wow i'm playing professional they're paying me to play yeah man May maybe i'll play one year and then i'll go back to the states and work you know like yeah. i just want to play I'm living, you know, overseas. I'm having a good time. Let's just enjoy this year. Um, so, yeah, from there, the rest is history, and I can go into it more in detail after, but that's basically my my story. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome, man. So uh, how old were you when you were at the Rhinos? 22 as well? It was 22, yeah. So I graduated early, you know, three and a half, and then – I went straight to the tryouts, but yeah, I was 22. Mm -hmm. So, so after you got rejected from the uh, from the rhinos, I always think these, this is the best part of you know any story and um, many people's journey, like just plowing through those obstacles and embracing the failures and learning from them. I really think it's powerful. Uh, how how did you take that in, like mentally and, and physically? Uh, what was your reaction after you got told that by the rhinos coach? Man, it was it was tough. I can, I can still remember that day. Um, first of all, I've always been lucky enough to my whole life. I was always, you know, one of the I think we can all say those that play professional today. We were always one of the best in our teams, whether it was youth, college, high school. So I was always, you know, a starter. I always had my way. I always got made every team I tried out for, had a full scholarship. So this was the first time that, you know, I kind of got rejected mm -hmm. and it was um, my dream to, to become a pro. And, you know, a guy said, basically I wasn't good enough or I wasn't meant to be on his team. So it was really tough. I, I remember crying in front of him in the office and literally begging, begging. I was like, I'll do whatever you want. If you don't like the way I play. I'll change it. Uh, like begging. And of course, I mean, looking back at it, I don't know if it's, a, it was desperate or I just wanted it so bad. And he's like, no man, like, it's just not for us. Good luck. And yeah, it was tough. Mm -hmm. like, it was one of the hardest you know, moments and weeks after that of my life. And But I just had a goal 
my whole, not my whole life, but in that moment, I was like, I'm not stopping until I sign one professional contract. I don't care where it is, how much money it is. My goal is to become a professional, and I wasn't going to stop. And there weren't many options, but I just took whatever they gave me, and, you know, I flew across the world to go try out somewhere else without any guarantees. Mm -hmm. Of course, man, of course. And, uh, you know, it's it's just such a cold world, uh, the football world. It's uh, cutthroat and... You know, you could be at one team and, and you, like you said, you get rejected and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, they were housing you, they were, they were feeding you. And then one day they just say, no, you know, we don't need you. You don't fit our style. And then, you know, you're basically left without anything. And that's the toughest part. Um, and, and like you said, I think the, the most important thing and the best thing to do is, is go where you have a little bit of support. So obviously that move to Israel proved to be, um, a career changer and a career starter. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I'm thankful for, you know, the country, the the people who have helped me, my parents who, you know, supported me, you know, gave me money when I didn't have to mentally, emotionally. But, I mean, I always say at the end of the day, it's up to, you know, the player. Like, the player has to want it. Uh, if you don't want it, like, no one else is going to make you want it, you know? You have Absolutely. to find it within yourself uh, to go through the ups and downs because even when you're up, there's always going to be ups and downs. You mm-hmm. can be on a team making a lot of money, starting every game, but you still have ups and downs, confidence issues. Sometimes you play good, then you have three games that are bad. Uh, so it, it's a roller coaster. And I think not just soccer, you know, all sports, um, it's, it's a tough business. Of course, of course. And absolutely to agree with that point. There's so many highs and so many lows. And sometimes there's many more lows than there are highs. Definitely. Uh, so yeah. you have to, what I realize is like, you just have to like be a bit, a bit detached and you have to be in the middle at all times. You can't get too high and you can't 100%. get too low. 100%. Yeah, it's, it's, I always say it's so tough because it's, you want to enjoy the moment, like especially in your highs, you want to enjoy it. And have a good time, but at the same time, you don't want to get too excited. Exactly. And also, in your downs, you don't want to be too depressed. You want to be positive. But does it take away, like, some players don't play and some players still put on a smile. I'm the kind of player that if I don't play, I'll be upset. So who is to say, who's right, you know? You got to find that balance. Absolutely. Uh, but, but it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, like you said, you still got to have that hunger if you're not playing and, and still have, yeah. you know, a bit of that desire to get on the pitch and obviously you're not going to be happy about it but like yeah. you said you also it's tough you know you also you got to be a good teammate so like you said yeah. I think balance is just key definitely also everyone's different so I think everyone has to find what what kind of works for them you know absolutely uh, so it's yeah it's interesting yeah so if we go back to the journey so after um so when you signed over there in the third league how long were you playing there uh and then what was the next move after that I was so I signed just a one year contract or else I thought there wasn't you know I didn't really sign anything. I remember signing like a piece of paper. Uh but basically it was a eight month season. So I played there for eight months. Um and then I went home and I I knew I had a good season. I knew some people were talk like even my teammates were like, Hey man, like you know, you could definitely play in the second league, maybe in the first league here in Israel, you're a good player. Um mm-hmm. uh, so I went back home for summer, and then the guy who helped me get there in the first place was like, hey, man, like this other coach uh, saw you play, and he wants to you to come try out for the second league team. Um, so I came back, you know, in preseason the year after. I tried out for, you know, a week, and he's like, thank you. So then the, the second league team signed me for a year contract. That's awesome, man. Um, yeah, which was great. It was a little more money, which was awesome. Nothing crazy, but I was finally able, you know, to start supporting myself. Um, and yeah, the the level got a little better, but you know, as time went by, I knew, I knew, I started, you know, believing in myself that, and you know, watching first league games and playing with teammates who played in the first league before, uh, I started thinking, you know, I could, I could make a good career here. I could definitely play in the first league. Um, and yeah, if I'll go more into detail, uh, so basically I had another good year and then my third year here, uh, a team, one of the teams from the first league got relegated to the second league. 
but this is the team that I'm on right now. Mm-hmm. But they wanted to come back to the first league, so they wanted to create a very strong team. And basically, so this is a cool story about my journey. Uh, I was on, under contract for the second league team, so I couldn't leave because they didn't want to buy me out. Um, so basically, I paid my own ticket. I basically bought my own card. Mm-hmm. Uh, I paid $30,000 to this team to let me go for free. Um, so I was a free player finally. And I went to the, the team I'm on right now. And I told them, listen, I'll, I'll play for you. You guys want me. If you want to keep me after one year, you have to give me back the money that I paid for my ticket. Um, so, yeah. So I went. We had a great year. We went undefeated, I think, most of the year. We went back to the first league. Um, they decided, you know, to take the option. And I've been with this team now three years. My second year in the first league with them. Uh, and, yeah, they took – I mean, they took a chance on me. I also took a chance on myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's been great. I'm very thankful for them, but I've also, you know, done everything on my own, you know? Absolutely. And that's, you know, that's an awesome story. Um, just tracking back real quick to, you know, when you were playing for that third league team, um, you know, uh, I don't know if I asked you, what position do you play? I play mostly defensive midfield, like a number six. Uh, sometimes I play more like a 50-50, number eight. But, yeah, those are my two main positions. Mm-hmm. And not really uh, to get too specific, but, um, you know, you said you had a good season where, you know, were you racking up assists or were you just like a, you know, a strong, real cog in the midfield and you really stood out? How would you uh, yeah, exactly. describe that? I, yeah, exactly. I do, still till today, I'm not a guy who puts up too many numbers, you know, definitely not goals. I do have some assists and I, I had like five assists as a defensive mid. I think I had one goal. But, yeah, I was just very dominant in the midfield, winning every 50-50, controlling the game, mm-hmm. um, you know, averaging, like, I think something crazy, like 100 passes a game. Wow. Um, so it was it was very noticeable that, you know, I was a little above the level of the third league, um, and I stood out, so. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And, uh, you know, just – Hearing that a you know a defensive mid and a guy who doesn't quote put up numbers get a look uh, in a country like Israel is very fresh and promising to hear because uh, you know many places around the world that I've seen and heard about it's like you know oh yeah the guy plays defensive mid or center mid how many assists does he have how many this how many that and then you know sometimes if you're even in a lower league and you know you're doing well at center mid they still get, get pick the guy who's not as good as the other guy, uh, they picked the striker who's racking up goals. But, you know, just because he's got those numbers, it's easy to just pick a guy up like that. So it's not, it's really nice to hear that. Yeah, yeah. It's the story of, you know, us, uh, the players, those players that played my position or even defense, right backs, left backs. We know what it's like. And it's, yeah, it's tough because sometimes we don't get recognized as much. But I think those people that watch that really understand the game, mm-hmm. um, you know, sooner or later, if you keep playing the way you're supposed to, uh, those types of players that do the right things, they'll, they'll get recognized and picked up. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, even just tracking back to that Rochester, Rochester Rhinos conversation, it's like, you know, uh, you were thinking about changing your playing style, but then yeah. you go over to Israel, you ball out, uh, playing the third league, you're playing, you know, center mid. Uh, it's not like you you were racking up goals, but you uh, clearly stood out playing your style. So like you even said, every individual is different and every individual has their own strengths and their, their you know, their standout um, attributes. And, you know, hearing that, you, you clearly displayed that. And I think that's refreshing to a lot of, you know, defensive players and, uh, you know, center mids. Definitely, definitely. Also, as, as you mentioned, you know, you have to know that, each league, each country has different playing styles. Also, every coach is looking for something different in their team. So sometimes, yeah, you need a little bit of luck. You also have to know what, what kind of league you're going into. Uh, so in my – I was lucky enough that the, the way they play here in Israel kind of fits my style a little better than the States. Um, so it worked out in my favor. So what would you describe that as, uh, that style? My, I'm pretty much – well, I'm very technical, uh, very tactical, uh, 
I like to, you know, sometimes slow down the game, knowing when to play fast. I like to move the ball around, but also whenever you lose the ball to press. Uh, but I'm not like the most like physical, like killer number six, you know, mm-hmm. uh, more of a playmaking number six. Uh, and in Israel, like, they like to, you know, move the ball around. It's about being technical, passing. And I think in the States, it's a more physical game, you know. It's more direct, more long balls. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the States, I remember when I was trying out, and even in college, I mean, I'm six foot 170, but I was one of the smallest guys. And here in Israel, I'm always one of the biggest, so it helps, you know. For sure, for sure. And on that note, I mean, um, first of all, obviously, you know, you're Argentinian, so, you, you know, naturally you're just a technical player. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, is there anyone, you know, you any player specifically that you like to uh, play like or anyone you've looked up to that you kind of emulate and shape your game around? Definitely, definitely. You know, I, I like to – I never pick one player. You know, as players we get this question a lot. Um, but you definitely want – I like to take a little bit of – everyone you know mm-hmm. um obviously as a defensive mid everyone you know looks up to busquets uh who's yeah. you know who's a god uh he is a god <laughs> but he's he's, for, he's fortunate enough to play in barcelona where you know his responsibility is not as much as you know other players but there's a lot of other players such as let me like witzel now in dortmund mm, yeah he's a great player who's very underrated for sure uh, um Pjanic in Juventus is a stud. Um, I mean, obviously, Kante. I don't play a lot like him, but, you know, I what he does is is unbelievable. Yeah. All the dirty work is, is – I respect him so much. So, you know, players like – you, you want to take a little bit of everyone. Um, so, yeah, those, those players are, are all amazing. Absolutely, man. So when does the Israeli season run, just to give people a bit of a background? It's the same as as Europe. So you start preseason starts like uh, early July, and we go until the end of May. So it's eleven months out of the year. Nice man. And how many games uh, usually play in a season? You play between like the league and the cups. You probably play close to forty games. Nice. Yeah. So so can you kind of uh, like describe a bit of your experience? You know, going from the uh, second league to the first league, like change in play or um, change in habits of some of your teammates, uh, just like the, the atmosphere um, of everything. Yeah, it's it's interesting. In the second and, and even third league, until today I say it was it was more difficult, honestly, in the first league. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, I mean, there's so many th- reasons why. First, the, the fields are just, you know, they're a disaster, so you have to change the way you play. Also, there is tactically, you know, teams aren't so organized. People are kind of just running everywhere, um, especially as a center mid. You know, if the players aren't in the positions they're supposed to be, you can look really bad defensively sometimes. And even offensively, if people don't give you the right options, uh, also you can look bad. Um also, you know, in the second and third league, there's not many fans. The atmosphere isn't as exciting. Um, the trainings aren't that good. You don't train as much. You don't train the right way. The the recovery process is not the right way. The preparation before a game is not the right way. And once you get to the first league, you know, there's they have more resources. So mm-hmm. you're more prepared. You're able to recover a little faster. Uh, you watch, like, in the third league and second league, we never really watched video. Um they never gave us, you know, our statistics after a game. Uh, and in the first league, all those things come together. So you're more prepared, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. And um, what I think about a lot as well is, like, a lot of guys who, who you know, are on the grind, quote, and, like, they move up from the third, you know, to the second, to the first league. I just feel like those guys, like yourself, you know, just really become so grateful uh, for – that first league experience and just getting there. And then um, guys like you, they thrive at that level because they were in the trenches, they were in the dirt and they know what it's like when, when guys, when you're not given everything. And, and I think some guys in the first league or higher leagues that I've seen, 
they become a little um, arrogant and a little, you know, like, you know, they get everything they want and they don't have to grind, which is obviously not every single player, but you could see, I'm sure you've seen it. Some guys just have that ego and you just say, you know, being in the trenches and, 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 and grinding out there just literally, you know, not to quote David Goggins, but just calloused your mind and really made you uh, much, much stronger mentally, which I'm sure has really fueled your success at that level. Definitely, man. And, and I'm glad you brought up David Goggins. I just finished uh, his, his book. And he's an animal. Oh, man, he's something else. <laughs> Uh, he's he's not he's not a human being no this world yeah uh, yeah no you nailed it like even till today man like I'm not supposed to be where I am today like um I'm so grateful uh and sometimes you know as whenever we have highs whenever we do well as human beings we all get excited and we start thinking about the future sometimes and it's normal and and it's good to think about the future but most of the time you you got to stay you know, calm and just be thankful for where you're at mm-hmm. and usually look back and say, wow, look where I am today. Like, look where I was three years ago and just enjoy the moment. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's amazing. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And then one question, you know, uh, I would like to touch with you and, uh, you know, I, I constantly get it is, um, especially you playing in big stadiums with, with the tons of spectators, tons of fans. Um you know, how do you deal with, quote, nerves or jitters before matches? Or how do you, you know, approach uh, matches? I know different players have different rituals. Or, you know, is there any specific thing you focus on? Or, or uh, how do you approach, you know, big matches? I mean, I'm sure every one of your matches is, is big. But how do you approach a match? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because, yeah, now, now today – the team I play for in the in the first league that we we do get a lot of fans and I remember when I was in the third league and second league I would sometimes drive by the stadium that's my home stadium today and I'd be like wow if if I play there one day then you know I'm I'm satisfied like that that's enough and today I'm playing in that stadium in front of thousands of fans and and, and it's emotional and um obviously at the beginning when I was playing in front of a lot of fans I would I would get nervous but Honestly, uh, once you start playing, I it just kind of you just block it out of the way, exactly. um, and yeah, and it just goes back to self confidence. You know, um, we all go through ups and downs. Sometimes your confidence is higher than other days, but um, I just tell myself I do have a ritual, little details that I do before a game. You know, I just listen to my my playlist that I have. But you know, before every game, I just I talk to myself. And I say, hey, have fun, play like you know how to play, play to win. Uh, and that's enough, man. The, you just got to block out all the noise. For sure, for sure. And I think a lot of a lot of people, you know, you know, especially with this American culture of do more, do more, work hard, train harder. People start to lose the love for the game, and they start to like they forget why they started playing. Exactly. Uh, and my simple question to a lot of younger guys is, when I get that question, is like, think back to why you started playing the game. You know. Uh, and, and just go out there and think about that. 100%, man. Um, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like, there's so many things, like, people say, you know, yes, we only get whatever, like, t- 10 years of our career or to make as much money as you can while it lasts. That's not the most important. Play to win, play for the team. Yes, it's important, but at the end of the day, you have to play for yourself. Mm-hmm. If you don't play for yourself, for the love, to, to make yourself better, to – because if you don't play well, if you don't play for yourself, like that, that's the most important thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and then if we could just get a little bit into the training aspect and, you know, a typical day um, in your life as a player, um, could you just describe like a typical day, you know, when you wake up and uh, your, your tra- how you train, how you eat, you know, and, and then when you go to sleep, just to give a little bit of background on that. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, unfortunately, one of the, negative sides of the Israel system they're not so organized and it's honestly not the most professional in terms of my training times do change daily um so it's not like I have a routine where every training is at 10 a.m so I I can have a routine you know, every day could change they give us kind of like a weekly schedule but sometimes it does change so basically if we do train in the morning I would wake up you know we have to be there let's say 
they tell us to be there at nine. So I would wake up, they give us breakfast. So I just wake up, you know, get dressed uh, and head there, try to get there, you know, 20 minutes early, just in case there's some traffic and we have breakfast as a team. And then we kind of have, you know, an hour for ourselves. Uh, some players like to do some gym work, some injury prevention. You can get a massage or, you know, any treatment you need. You can, you know, play any get you know, darts or play music, like just hang out. And then, yeah, training starts. Trainings are about an hour and a half usually. You know, it's pretty intense. If it's earlier in the week, you know, the closer it is to the game, the lighter it is. Um, on the other hand, if the training is in the afternoon, I usually wake up around 9 or 10. And I try to do always do something, you know. I try it's like stretching for 30 minutes or do injury prevention exercises or go to the gym that's near my house. Um, I always try to get an, an extra workout in other than training just because here in Israel, like I said, it's not the most professional. They don't have so many resources like they do in the States or in Europe. So I usually try to do two things every day, whether it is, like I said, stretching something like a light jog or yoga or anything, you know, uh, I like mm -hmm. to do two things. Um, and then other than the training aspect, uh, I always tell everyone to try to find some other hobby, just distract yourself, you know, because sometimes when you're thinking about too much soccer, it's actually not good for you. So whether for me, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, I'll watch, you know, a bunch of shows on Netflix or hang out with my friends, but other people like to read or whatever it is, you know, uh, I always tell people to just find something else and do other stuff and distract yourself because we have a lot of time in the day. You know, people say, oh, we don't have enough time. That I think that's bullshit, especially mm -hmm. for, for for us, you know, athletes. There's a lot of time. There's 24 <laughs> hours in a day. Yep. You're only sleeping around eight. That means you have a lot of hours to do whatever you want. Uh, so any any excuse to say there's not enough time, it, it's a lie. Uh, there's yeah. There's enough time to do so many things. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, I just cue that back to laziness uh, and just not wanting it, you know, to better yourself in other ways. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so how often do you guys usually train per week? We train every day. Sometimes they'll give us a day off, like not the day after a game, but, you know, the second day after a game, uh, especially those that played will get a day off. Uh, those that didn't play will definitely come in and train. But, yeah, we're, we're basically training every day. Um, yeah. Cool. And during the season, uh, do you do any – I know you said you do, do some uh, injury prevention work and, and jogging and stretching. Do you do any additional gym work? Yeah, definitely. So, as a team, we'll probably do one gym session every week maybe, but it'll be a short one. Again, like I said, they don't pay too much attention to the gym stuff here in Israel. Uh, which is unfortunate. Uh, but yeah, I'm actually, I have a personal trainer at a gym. Uh, so I go to him at least once a week. Sometimes I go to the gym and he'll give me a workout, but just not with him. But yeah, I like to do a lot of things on my own, um, which is great. I also have a, you know, a mental coach, which I started this year and I highly recommend it to anyone. I was always really not against it, but I didn't truly believe in the whole, you know, mental toughness coach. Mm. I didn't think I needed it. And man, has it changed my life this year. Um, it's amazing. I do it through Skype uh, with this coach. Um, she's actually from Argentina. Uh, wow. But basically, yeah, like I'll talk to her. We'll have sessions like once every few weeks and she'll give me homework, books to read. It, it's really helped me. For sure. That's real interesting. So what type of stuff do you, uh, without getting too into detail and too personal, what type of stuff do you focus on with her? It, it's honestly everything. It's not just soccer. It's, it's kind of, I would, call, I would call it honestly a therapist. She's basically a therapist and, and I'm mm. proud to say, it, you know, you know, sometimes the word therapist comes with negative, you know, yeah. um, but, but it's not, man. It's really positive because uh, us as athletes, a lot of times we think we can handle everything and we can just keep it to ourselves but uh it's good to let you know your emotions your thoughts out uh but mainly what we've been working on uh it's basically first of all just being loving yourself honestly and just being proud of where i am today 
and mainly just improving the areas that you want to be improved. So you make basically like a pie and you sit and you look at all the aspects in your life or soccer specific that you think you can improve mm-hmm. and you basically build a plan and you say, Hey, okay, once a week, I'm going to look at all my plays from last game. Uh, I want to improve my diet. Okay. Here's the plan of what I'm going to eat, my nutrition or little things like that. And you just, you start making a routine, you know? Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. I mean, just, just having that checklist is really important and not just, I know a lot of people, they have that checklist and it's, um, you know, I always talk about consistency over rigidity. Like, you know, you could have a checklist where you're getting real, real specific, but you don't get it done. Like maybe you get it done for, you know, three, yeah. four weeks, but then you can't get it done for, you know, months. And, and I think the yeah, most yeah. important is keeping them, those habits consistent. Yeah. And, and it's hard because of course it's okay. You know, like I, I was, I recently got out of my routine and out of my focus. Uh, last month I had a tough month, just my confidence went down. I wasn't playing well. I was a little injured and I stopped doing all the things that, that I was supposed to be doing. You know, you just kind of, you know, mm-hmm. you get in your own head and you just stop and, Sometimes it's it's normal, and this is why having a coach like the one I have is great because she basically woke me up and, you know, put me back in my place, and you realize that um, it's the opposite. You know, she told me she told me this great thing where I was like, um, it's not because it's because a lot of players, that's, we, we just, like, focus on the performance, on, on the results, on how mm. we play. And then we, we blame everything on that. It's like, oh, I didn't play well. So that's why I'm grumpy and I'm not doing all the stuff that I'm not supposed mm-hmm. to be doing. But it's the opposite. It's when you stop doing the little things, that affects your performance. It's not the other no, way. No, that's right? huge. For yeah. sure. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, that's that's golden because, like you said, uh, it's real tough, you know, especially when, when you're, you know, you're not doing well, you're either injured, you're not playing well, you're not playing Um Yeah, I mean, just thinking about that, it's like it's easy to do – the everyday habits and the things that are going to put you on a good path when you're in a good mood and a good state. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And I think Joe Rogan talks about this a lot and uh, yeah, Jocko yeah. Willink, uh, you know, they, they just talk about, you know, that's why I love that guy Jocko and, and, and Goggins. It's like, you know, no matter what, you know, if you feel like shit or this and that, and obviously as an athlete, you have to judge, Yeah. but uh, no matter how you feel, it's like, just, just, rely on your discipline and get it done. Exactly. And I, I think that's, you know, it's golden. And, and, um, but like you said, it's okay to have those times. And like, when you have those down times and those negative times, it makes the the positive times so much better. Yeah, exactly, man. So yeah, it just goes yeah, back man. to the whole, like, you know, you gotta, well, you can control, control it. The other stuff you can't, but if you control the stuff you can, then sooner or later you'll get the results you want, you know? Absolutely, man. Uh, just to touch back real quick on, on the personal trainer, what type of stuff do you guys focus on, uh, you know, in season in the gym? Uh, yeah, you kind of tell your coach what you want to improve on. Uh, and it's hard because you have so many games, you know, so you don't want to overdo it a lot. Exactly. Uh, but in my case, for example, I'm just, I told him, listen, like as a midfielder, I'm not winning enough headers. So I told him I want to, you know, jump a little higher. Uh, I want to improve my side-to-side movement, um, a little bit more speed. Um, but it's, it's up to him. He's he's He knows how to handle that stuff, and he just puts me to work when I go in, you know? Yeah, of course. That's great stuff. And, uh, you know, right there it just shows, you know, why you're doing so well. And there's just always room for improvement. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's the, one of the main things I, I said to everyone, like, you got to know, you got to be real with yourself and know your weaknesses uh, and always want to improve. Uh, so that's one of the things that I actually wasn't so honest with myself throughout my whole life. These past few years, I've been able to just open up a lot with myself and just be more vulnerable to my weaknesses and be proud of my strengths. So it's it's been helping. Absolutely, man. Um, if we could just touch a little bit on the nutrition aspect, um, you know, if you can just talk about how you like to look at nutrition and, uh, you know, if you follow any specific type of diet or, or you know, how, yeah. how you, how you like to eat your meals, uh, would be helpful. 
Yeah, I'm I'm fortunate enough that I do have a fast metabolism and I do not gain weight very easily. Uh, at the same time, I do eat some, I eat very healthy. I don't eat anything really fried, but and I don't, I don't have like a specific diet. You know, I don't keep count of, of everything, but I do make sure to be very diversified. I eat a lot of vegetables, get my protein in my carbs, uh, a lot of fruit. Uh, but yeah, I'm not, I don't have a specific diet, I would say. For sure. I mean, being in Israel with all that, those, that fresh food, I mean, how, how can you yeah, be so no. specific, man? Yeah, man, the food, the food is great. I mean, really fresh. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's one of the good things about the country. Absolutely. And um, in terms of, you know, do you take any specific supplements? I, I mean, I do, you know, protein shakes after workouts, after trainings. Uh, but that's about it. Uh, when I'm feeling, you know, a little sick or my body hurts, you know, I'll take whatever is needed, either if it's magnesium after games or if I'm feeling sick, vitamin C or if I didn't eat enough fish like omega. But I usually if you can have a you know diversified diet, I don't know if it's needed, but uh, I just usually just stick to the protein shakes. Uh, yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Uh, and then if we get a bit into the recovery aspect, I mean, like you said, the Israeli season is 11 months long. It's, you know, you, you can play 40 or more games. Um, how do you look at the off season? Like when, when a season's over, do you take a couple weeks off or, uh, and then do you get back into the gym and on the pitch or how do you usually manage that? Yeah. Well, first let me just jump into recovery in terms of like daily recovery, which Mm -hmm. The past few years, I did not pay any attention to yeah. youth, not in college, not my first year here. And and today, it's I would say it's maybe more important than the gym, uh, especially if you're playing a lot. Uh, you got to make sure to stretch, roll out, do ice baths. I don't For care sure. what you do, but after every training, after every game, you have to do recovery because it can it's it just like saves you. Um, so I've been doing that a lot, stretching as David Goggins does, has, <laughs> has saved my life, honestly, man, stretching. It's boring and we all hate it, but it's so necessary. You go um, two, three hours like him? <laughs> no, no, I'm not a sicko, but. <laughs> oh my God. He, he's a sicko. Yeah. But no, even if you, five, five, 10 minutes will help, you know? Exactly. Um, I'm so, I'm so lazy. I bought, you know, that gun, the. Yeah. 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 I bought it. Best best two hundred dollars I've ever spent. Really? Uh, yeah, it's amazing. Right. I, I Are just, you like, plugging Theragun right now? <laughs> oh yeah, I just like watch shows and I just go at it at my yeah. leg. That's awesome. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And and like the recovery after season, yeah, I definitely always take a week to two weeks off and just nothing like I, i'll go on vacation either with my girlfriend or my friends you know have a good time just relax the body uh and yeah after a week or two start up slowly you know like fun fun things do some swimming play basketball go to the gym upper body very go for a run but anything light for like a week and then you know after three four weeks you start out again pretty pretty hard mm -hmm. for sure for sure I mean, yeah, like you said, um, just those little things every single day just add up, you know, when, when you're doing it consistently, like you had mentioned with, with the mental coach, uh, those, ha those, those good habits, they just add up. Definitely. Yeah, man. So just uh, finishing off a bit here, um, I just want to go back, um, you know, because this is a pretty powerful question for people. Uh, and a lot of youngsters listening and, and people going through the grind and the obstacles and the failures, you know, were there any times in your life that you thought about hanging up the boots? Um, if so, you know, what made you, you know, get up uh, and keep going? Yeah, man, th this is tough. And I think no matter who you are, I, I believe that everyone goes through this. I, I think if you don't ever have these downs, if you don't have these thoughts and, you're some sort of, you're not human, you know? Uh, yeah. yeah I, I, there's been many times where I've thought about hanging it up for many different reasons, you know, whether it's performance-based, sometimes you miss your family. Uh, I don't know. It just, there, there's so many reasons why you, you know, it's, you think it's, 
it's just not worth it and you'd rather be doing something else. But at the end of the day, again, it's like only you, only the player knows if they truly love the sport. I think, and sometimes you lose the love and it's okay. Like not, there's many days where I don't want to go to training and we dread it. Um, but you know, deep inside that, you know, that one, that one day comes, you get up, you're like, wow, I really enjoy what I'm doing. And that, that's when, you know, it's worth it. Um, it's like, what would you like? It's sometimes it's incredible. You know, we, we kick a ball around for a living. Absolutely. We get paid to do it. And it, and it, and it's unbelievable. For sure, man. For sure. Um, and then if you could go back to yourself uh, at any age uh, you wanted, uh, and if you had the wisdom you have today, the experience, what age would you go back to and what would you tell yourself? Man, it's a tough question. <laughs> I'd probably go back between like, you know, 15, 16, 17, that, that I think those years are oh crucial, are, man. Are so key uh, because you don't, especially growing up in the States, we as soccer players in the States, you don't really know, you know, the system. You don't know where, where you can go. Like no one's really there to help you. Nowadays is a little better, but, you know, this was 10 years ago for me. And you don't know the possibilities. You don't know if college is the right way to do it. Uh, you don't know if you have the possibility to go to Europe. Um, you don't even know the mentality you should have. Uh, so it, it's tough. It's you only think about, you know, soccer as a sport, as having fun and winning. And, yeah, it, it, it is about that. But especially if you have goals and dreams of becoming pro, that age is, is, is key. It's For key. sure. Um, one, one quote I always go back to is what – I don't know if you ever heard it, what Sturridge said. Uh, he just talks about, you know, how, you know, ages 14 through 17 are the most crucial in a player's development because that's when you start thinking about girls, you start thinking about nice cars, jewelry, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that just gets you off the path a bit. Yeah, there's there's a lot of distractions. Yeah, uh, and it's tough. Like, do I regret? You know, sometimes I think about you know being or before I went to college, I'm like, I think about wow, what what if like I grew up in another country or what if I decided not to go to college? Like, maybe I could be playing, you know, in Barcelona or a much bigger yeah. league. But uh, you know, so I have stuff. I have memories. I have friends. I have experiences I have because I went to college because wherever I grew up in the States that other players don't have, you know, you absolutely like, yeah, you look at Messi, he's King, he's a God, but you know, he hasn't lived some stuff that we have lived. Um, yeah. That's a great point. It's, it's there are positives and negatives of, of everyone's journey, but it's a journey and you got to enjoy your own journey, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Everyone has their own path. And I mean, yeah. uh, those college days, man. I mean, best social years uh, of your life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, so. Yeah. yeah, man. But uh, just to finish off real quick, um, if you could offer, you know, a couple pieces of advice uh, to a young footballer, or, you know, any any other footballer chasing the dream and um, thinking about maybe hanging it up or just feeling unmotivated. Um, what, what would you say to them? You know, what, what type of things would you say and what to focus on and to just keep moving forward? Yeah, the, the, man, there's so many, you know, but let's, I mean, first I always say, and I always try to remind myself to be a good person, a good mm-hmm. teammate, because I truly believe no matter if, you know, if you're religious or not, believe in energy, whatever, whatever it is, don't believe in anything. I think good things do happen to good people, you know? Uh, and if there's one thing, I'd rather be remembered, you know, as 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 a good person, good player, a good teammate than a than a player, you know. Yeah. Um, second, always enjoy enjoy the moment, no matter where you're at, whether you're playing, you know, professionally. I don't care where for how much money, just just enjoy it, because yeah, it, it's not always gonna be there. And at the end of the day, you are playing professional, uh, and it's something that most players that do want to play professional can't. And if you are playing professional, you already made it. You already are a huge success. Um, always try to get better, you know, no matter what it is. Just be honest with yourself. Know your weaknesses. Know your strengths. And just try to get better in any way. You know, like I said before, there's so much time in the day. Um, and you could get better in so many different ways, physically, mentally, um, 
And with that, also distract yourself. Don't, don't take the game too serious. You know, at the end of the day, like mm-hmm. many people say, it is, it is just a game. Uh, so if you're playing a professional, like enjoy it, but know that there's other things, you know, in life that are important. Um, be thankful if you're healthy, because when you're not, we know how shitty that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, keep your family close, you know, talk to them, because especially for us overseas, you need that support system. Sometimes, you know, you feel like, like you're alone. Uh, and you got to let those that, you know, care about you, you got to talk to them because those are the people that will, you know, care about you and support you. Um, Absolutely. And I don't know, other details, I would say, especially in the pro game, you know, when it comes to coaches, we, we you know, we like to, you know, criticize them and make them the bad guy. And sometimes, you know, you're in a bad situation. But at the end of the day, we have to realize that we have to do what they say. You know, mm-hmm. it, it sucks sometimes. And sometimes we as players want to do what we believe is right. But at the end of the day, whatever they want to do, whatever, you know, tactics and directions they tell you, just do it. Uh, make him happy. He is the boss at the end of the day. And, you know, that will make you play. And when you're playing, you're happy. If you're happy. That's all that you want, you know? Absolutely, man. Yeah, man. Thanks so much for coming on. I really, really appreciate you taking your time out of your day and uh, just giving some some great insight. You know, I, I really respect your humbleness as well, especially w- what you've reached and, uh, you know, the gratitude and, and the love you have for the game and, and, you know, just what's been given to you and obviously not given to you what you've worked for, but what you've, what you've earned. Definitely. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Cool, man. So if people want to contact you, maybe hear a little bit more about your story, ask you any uh, specific questions. Is there any, you know, um, type of medium uh, you'd like to provide? Yeah, you can reach me on Instagram. My name is, it's just Nico Olsak, N-I-C-O, and then my last name, O-L-S-A-K. And it's the same, my first and last name for Facebook. Uh, So yeah, reach out to me, send me any messages you want. I'm open to answering any questions. Cool, man. Cool, man. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Take it easy, bro. Have a good rest of the day. Peace. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you really enjoyed it as much as I did. Really a great talk. Such a humble dude playing at a top level. I really, really learned a lot. I'm sure you guys did as well. I would really appreciate if you guys can drop by at the iTunes store, leave your boy a quick review. Really appreciate it. I really love bringing value to you guys. I love meeting and and talking with these professionals to see their day-to-day life. And you just notice a pattern. You notice how disciplined these guys and girls are and how they do the right things day in and day out. And that's how they got to the top level and that's how they stay at the top level. If you guys enjoyed this one, please leave a review. And if you want to contact Nico, hit him up on Instagram. His handle is Nico, N-I-C-O, Olsak, O-L-S-A-K. All right, ladies and gents, have a fantastic day. We'll keep in touch. Talk soon. Out.